Good morning, my friends out there in scrumbly space. Good morning to the old hobo Eskimos trying to survive at the Arctic Circle. Good morning to the gorillas and the polar bears and the penguin and the orca. I know you're out there looking for flesh. I know you're out there hunting for scumbags. I know you're out there, you motherfucking orca whale. It's Saturday, Saturday, January the 8th, Saturday, January the 8th, 2022, in the time and the age of Bo Blimtock. Yesterday, during a podcast, and I think it was the one with Jim, right, I said it was January the 8th, and that was a lie. Now, that wasn't on purpose, so I guess that was a mistake. But from your perspective, does it fucking matter? You see, that's one of the themes of of my last few podcasts, and it's one of the subtle themes of this one, too. And it relates to a a lecture I gave at a hymns conference in Florida back in 2008, Boblimtok. And during that particular lecture, someone asked me a question. Dan... When it comes to insurance companies, Dan, when it comes to health insurance companies, how do you know it's a mistake? And how, or how do you know it's fraud? And at the time, I wasn't really familiar with Hanlon's razor. I frankly don't give a fuck whether I was or I wasn't, because it's one of those statements that best-case scenario is a kind of absurd tautology, but it really doesn't tell you anything. It says, well, it could be this or it could be that. It could be any number of fucking things. I know in your crooked, sideways, trolley problem world, you think life is just one or two options, A or B. And I know I often frame things that way, so I'm partly to blame. But a woman says, you know, a professional woman, a woman in a nice suit, good-looking, fit, she says, hey, Dan. Of course, she didn't say, hey, Dan, but she said, Mr. Sullivan or whatever. When it comes to a health insurance company denying a specific procedure on a bill, on a claim, how do you know it's fraud or could it be on, you know, or could it be just a mistake, right? Fraud versus error. And this is an important question, especially when it comes to the application of machine learning and artificial intelligence to things that happen in the real world. Because from a computer's perspective, our obsession with on-purpose versus not on-purpose probably looks stupid. I mean, think about it. From a computer's perspective, if such a thing exists... um, you doing something that is incorrect is error. And, and in, a, in, a, in a sense, I suppose you could say there's that liminal part of that quasi-robot brain that says, 
well, kind of like B.F. Skinner, I don't give a fuck about the internal thoughts of your head. What I care about is your behavior. I don't care if you're thinking about Ava Adams or you're thinking about that beer you're going to have. What I care about is what you do. Your operant behavior. Your observable behavior. If that computer looks at an insurance claim and says to itself, well, <clears throat> this could be fraud, that could imply something about the machine that is way more interesting about the ability to, de to detect fraud. But the real answer is, when it comes to medical billing, it's a black box. You cannot know. The only way you could verify for sure would be to investigate, would be to dig deeper. But if you were just some schmuck in the early aughts processing medical bills for underpayment, or if you worked for an insurance company, overbilling, because you work both sides, buddy. When it comes to revenue cycle and healthcare, you work both sides. And just so we can get this out of the way, as I've said in the past, <clears throat> the patient is not the customer in the healthcare system. Arguably, and this is what makes it so absurd and so toxic, there is no customer. I mean, I'm telling you the relationship between insurance companies and um, you know providers, that's not a that's not a collegial friendly relationship. Typically, like let's say I, I ran an automotive parts store. Let's say I, I ran a, a company like whatever, like an automotive parts company, whatever. I'd probably want to have a good relationship with my supplier. I probably, if I did have a bad relationship, I'd probably want to sit, switch suppliers. That's not really an, an option for these companies, especially when it comes to Medicare. You can't go anywhere else but Medicare. And for major hospital systems, Medicare is between 40 and 60% of billing. So when you say things like, well, if you have a bad relationship with your supplier, you just switch suppliers. No, you can't do that. So one of the interesting things about healthcare is everyone is kind of stuck in a relationship they don't want. This is one of the first uh, th the points I would make is how it's not a free market. When people entered the monkey herpes COVID psyop, a lot of fucking morons believed that healthcare was a free market. It's not. The first reason is, is you are locked in to the person that makes the payment. The second reason is there is no customer. If you tell me that the patient is the customer, you clearly understand zero about modern healthcare. The patient is not the customer. The patient is at best a piece on the assembly line. And the ultimate completion is not, oh my God, I hope people are listening because a lot of people don't get it. And it's why they're taking the vaccines and it's why they're putting their families through fucking hell because they don't fucking understand what I'm about to say. The patient is not the customer. The patient is a widget. The most important thing in the healthcare system is not the patient, it is the medical bill. And it is the percentage of the bill that's paid. It is the strategic relationship with one or more payers. That's where the money is. The money is in coming up with carve-outs and coming up with schemes. It, I don't know if this will shock you, but if I had insurance company A, insurance company B, and insurance company C, and they each covered three different patients, call them A, B, and C, or Annie, Bob, and Charlie. Annie, Bob, and Charlie 
with three different insurance companies could go to the same fucking hospital, the same imaging center, the same outpatient provider, and for the same procedure code could pay a different price. Now, they'll never know because they see the EOB, which is basically for dummies. The explanation of benefits, but that's not the bill. Best case scenario, the EOB is that tiny little, you know, spike of ice you see above the ocean that underneath there's this giant iceberg. Okay, that's the explanation of benefits. That's the EOB. And I know I'm going off on a tangent here in a way, but it's related. What the healthcare system cares about, and this is what people don't get, is not making you well. What the healthcare system cares about is maximizing its revenue vis-a-vis its costs. Because that's the only thing you could say it has in common with a free market business. So they don't really give a fuck if you get well or not. And if they get a bigger payoff, okay, by having some random fungal infection kill your grandma and then taking a payout from the NIH or the CDC or whoever the fuck is sending out these COVID checks, I'll let you on a little secret. They will not fess up to the fungal infection. They'll take the payout. And this is where it gets worse. Because they take the payout, someone, someplace, will get the signal, well, it doesn't really matter if we really clean up the room that well. We don't really need to use those new UV lights. We don't really have any anyways. It doesn't really matter if we take care of the hospital. It doesn't really matter if it degrades into some jungle for the most advanced fungi and bacteria the world has ever fucking seen because, hey, it's the monkey herpes. It's COVID, it's Rona. Before 2020, if you went into a hospital, you had a likelihood that the hospital would kill you. And it wasn't a tiny one. It wasn't fractional. Before 2020, surgical nurses in many cases would use fucking Sharpies on people's bodies saying, please don't cut this off. Please don't remove this. I don't think they used the word please. I hope they used expletives. But before that became a common procedure, yeah, Dr. Nick Riviera would remove the wrong thing. You came in for an appendix removal, and they take out the liver. Oh, that's too bad for you, though, you fuck. If people really understood how crony, how Soviet, how completely not free market the healthcare system was, they would ask more serious questions about the Rona. They would ask more serious questions about the participation of hospital administrators in a psychological operation that is causing suicides, heart attacks, untreated cancer, overdoses, domestic violence, unemployment, destroying businesses, causing instability, increasing crime. If people understood that that hospital, all things being equal, contains people with less ethical standards than the people you would meet at the roadie-toady rusty carnival, then maybe they would wake the fuck up out of this, this spell, this delusion. But a lot of you fucks, you actually believe that those doctors give a fuck about you. You think they're well-educated. You think that they've been well-trained. 
all of those assumptions are false. All of them. I'm not saying there's not one or two good ones, and wouldn't it be such a fucking lucky day that you got one of those? But most of you will get the center of mass of what exists in 2022 Bo Blimp Talk, and it's not that good. Here's an article from, from Zero Hedge. <sighs> this article came out today, January the 8th, early in the morning. The nom de plume is Tyler Durden, but man, at this point, you fuck, why don't you put your fucking name on the articles? My God, what a fucking coward. Headline. Headline. British military deploys 200 people to London hospitals as staffing shortages bite. I continue. The United Kingdom is deploying a 200-strong cadre of military personnel, including 40 doctors, to aid hospitals in London, as the Omicron surge has left too many staffers unable to work in Britain's most densely populated city. 40 of the 200 doctors, while the other 160 personnel who have no medical training, will check in patients ensure stocks are maintained, and will also be, I quote, conducting basic checks, according to the Ministry of Defense. They are expected to continue working with the NHS at least through the end of the month, if not longer. And some have already started. Just two days ago, Prime Minister Boris Johnson... Can I, yeah, just a couple days ago, Prime Minister Boris Johnson Just a few days ago, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said he hopes to ride out the current COVID surge without any lockdowns or other restrictions on the public. But the deployment of the military doctors and other personnel would help alleviate the NHS struggles, as the public health system is, quote, temporarily overwhelmed by Omicron. Previously, we reported that the NHS was building field hospitals. And can I stop right here, fucking Zero Hedge? I wish you guys had one fucking investigator near Harborview Medical Center, the number one, what, level one trauma center in the whole Pacific Northwest, the county hospital for King County and Seattle. Boy, Zero Hedge, could you have sent Andy No Clue or Ian Miles Wrong or that Caitlin Buttstone? Could you have sent one of those freaks to Harborview Medical Center in March of 2020? Because I was there. I actually have it on film. The field hospital was up for a couple weeks, and then it was torn the fuck down. All right? So all this field hospital shit sounds great until you've seen the reality. And the reality is it's PSYOP bullshit. Sorry for the editorial. In fact, I can't read more of this. It's too stupid. But let me tell you why I read some of it. And the link is in the, in the notes if you want to read more. I had this friend... Um, a long time ago, when I was an air defense officer in the Army, and he had a wife, and we were talking one day, and they'd both been in the service, you know, 10 years uh, prior to my meeting this guy, right? So I was a brand new second lieutenant, but this particular guy and his wife and their family had been around the military, I think, for close to a decade. 
And I was asking them about the military hospital on base. And I'm not going to say which base, because frankly, if you've been in the military, does it fucking matter? Certainly if you've been in the army. And she was pregnant. And I said, are you going to have your baby at the military hospital? And this frown came over her face. Only if I want an abortion. This is what that woman said. You know, the wife of a hero soldier. She said, I'll have my baby at the base hospital if I don't want my baby to live. Now, of course, this is anecdotal. I suggest you do your own fucking research. And, and again, maybe the TRICARE healthcare system for soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines has improved in the last 20, 25 years. I find it unlikely because everything else has gone to shit. But maybe, right? I mean, maybe. You know, if we want to go to magic land. Of course, that means when I get the money, all ethical restrictions aside, buddy, I get to do the cocaine and the hookers. Because if you guys can go to magic land and pretend that healthcare's improved in the last 25 years, I get to take whatever gold and silver I can scrounge out of this dying civilization and do hookers and cocaine until my brain blows out. See, that's fair as fair. If you go to your delusional, magical place, everyone else gets to. And guess what, buddy? You're going to find out pretty fucking soon what that looks like, especially when it's, you know, an, a boiling water reactor engineer that goes to their magic place after their wife commits suicide. Or a nuclear submarine commander with alcoholism whose wife just divorced him. Or some woman surgeon whose husband is screwing some younger woman because nothing matters, right? And anything goes. Of course, I don't have the money for hookers and cocaine. And if I had that kind of money, I would probably use it on something completely different. But it is something I do, I do love about the time I'm in. I have more ethical license right now than I've had in my entire life because I have seen most people I know and people I respect turn into complete fucking dirtbags. And so in an absolute sense... When I compare my ethical standards to the human race, holy fuck. And then I say, well, you know. But of course, there's Jesus. And thank God for Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah, my friend's wife said, if I want my child to die, I'll, I will have the baby in a military hospital. That is what she said. And I got to say, since then, I think a lot of people would say any hospital. I mean, frankly, I've heard horror stories, especially when it comes to vaccinations. And, you know, I just, the whole debate around vaccinating a newborn is absurd because the evidence, the absolute real evidence shows that newborns should not be vaccinated. Yeah, maybe a vaccination is required, after they're born and their immune system and their body can actually adapt to reality. But right at birth, taking a bunch of weird shit and injecting it into a newborn doesn't really make a lot of fucking sense to, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Non-Doctor. And I think there are a few doctors out there who would agree, although they're probably censured, you know, in free America. 
censured and censored. If you know, this is like a Dr. Freckles quote. If you want to have an abortion, if you think you don't want your child, and, and this applies to 2022 Bob Limtock, if you and this is gross and this is horrible, but I'm just gonna state it. In the year 2022, if you are pregnant and you're not sure you want your kid, well, guess what? There's a Schrodinger device. There's a random machine. <laughs> There's a casino. The house always wins. And believe me, they probably use dead baby parts for all kinds of crooked shit, believe it or not. Yeah, there's a, there is a hospital out there where there's a chance that that hospital will just kill your baby. So by all means, if you don't really want to have a kid, go to a fucking hospital in 2022 and have it. If you think you want to have your kid, find yourself someone, a midwife, somebody who has an understanding of traditional medicine, someone who will treat you with respect. If you want to see a doctor, see a doctor, but see somebody that's not a total piece of shit and don't go to the fucking hospital. Okay, if you think you can trust these places, you're wrong. You can't. If you want to know where the battlefield would be, if you really wanted to start tearing down the COVID lie, and a lot of you folks can't handle it because you can't deal with it, the hospital. The people running the hospital systems are deeply connected to the lie. They would have to be. Or they would be in a state of delusion that would be pretty much as bad. You remember the earlier conversation about is it fraud or is it a mistake? Maybe a lot of these administrators are that fucking deluded. Maybe. I don't know. So let's think about the UK using military forces to replace um, nurses and doctors. This is, this is probably a wash in terms of patient care. I can't imagine they'll get better or worse care from the average UK soldier than they would get from the average drug-addicted nurse in an NHS hospital. So, you know, yeah, the drug-addled nurse or doctor versus the the crazy UK soldier that probably just got done with drug treatment, and so they're using military cognitive dissonance to continue on their 12 steps. Listen, if you have a choice between one or the other, it's that six of one, half a dozen the other, flip a coin, okay? But probably the best option is to find a third option, if there is one. And there isn't always one, folks. Sometimes it is the trolley problem. I can go to the hospital or not go to the hospital, but... Maybe there is a third option. There are a lot of folks out there that are nurses, that are doctors. A lot of them have chosen for ethical and principled reasons to get out of the healthcare system. They may not see the problem the way I do, but at least they see enough of it to realize how corrupt it is. These are people that can form local co-ops. These are people that can form local clinics, free clinics. And when I say free, I don't mean communist. I just mean donation-based. So if a person has the money, they should donate. And there should be suggest suggested amounts because people really don't know what shit costs. We don't. We've lost our crooked Soviet system has so disconnected us from the real price of things, it's sad.
but there are doctors and nurses out there that could start doing this. And that is a first step. If you're an anarchist, if you're a libertarian, and you're a nurse or a doctor, you need to get the fuck out of the system, and you need to start taking chickens, start taking potatoes, start taking gold and silver, get out of the system, and treat people with respect. That is a path of goodness. And guess what? When it comes to real wealth, the wealth that lasts, the wealth that's based upon a community that will have your back, and, you know, assuming you're not a giant sociopathic piece of shit, that's real wealth, okay? I don't care. You can say, well, I have a condo. I have a condo in San Francisco. It's worth $1.6 I do heart surgery three times a week. Listen, Mr. and Mrs. whatever, heart surgeon. That world is going to exist until it doesn't. And, and the change will hit you like a bag of bricks. You should ask people in the Soviet Union that went through the collapse in the early 90s how, um, how can I phrase this, how gentle it was. And by the way, as the collapse of empires go, the collapse of the Soviet Union was one of the most gentle ever. And even with that, there was the corruption, there was the, yeah, there was inflation, hyperinflation, there was all the nasty stuff that comes with the fact that you were part of a bad, crooked system, and maybe you were just a little cog, but you were part of it, and that system is dying, and will be dead soon. So if you're saying to yourself, well, Dan, I can't go to the country and treat people with medicine and whatnot, I can't get out of the hospital system, I can't give up my NPI number with the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services... Well, you know, if you want to keep your umbilical cord connected to something that is either dead or almost dead, you can accept the consequences. If you believe there was some moral reason you chose to be a doctor, then you need to go to places where people can use your help. The hospital is not that place. You may think it is, but it's not. The hospitals are currently being used as death prisons. And if you participate in it, and I don't care, but Dan, someone got in a car wreck, and I was able... You know what? People get in car wrecks in the country, too. If you have kids, and you're a doctor, I don't care, male, female, if you have a family, and you're a doctor, and you know what the fuck you're doing, if you're a nurse, and you care, the smartest thing you can do is get out of the city and set up a clinic in the country someplace. That's it. And yeah, maybe you won't be able to have BMWs and Priuses. Maybe you'll end up, you know, taking a loss on your $1.5 million condo. I gotta say, the day comes that the electricity goes out for more than two weeks and it doesn't come on again, you're going to suspect that you're never going to sell that condo. That's not going to be a good day for you, Mr. and Mrs. Doctor, so... Next topic. So, a lot of people, because of the nature of the military psychological warfare operations that have been ongoing to the extreme since early 2020, a lot of people are quite confused, and it's hard for them to think straight. But I'm going to try to take a, a difficult subject and talk through it. Because, you know, for example, people will say, oh... It's going to be like George Orwell's 1984. It's going to be like Brave New World. People are talking about things, you know, like stagflation or, or even another depression. 
These are all things that happened in the past and do not fucking apply to what is happening and is going to happen. Okay? You really need to understand that the people that ran the world had so much fucking power in 2019 that they could choose to turn it off. I, I keep saying this, but a lot of people don't get it. Okay? That's the kind of power that an empire has, but that's also totalitarianism. If you can just turn shit off and then attack and persecute and send your little dingbat thugs after the people that criticize, you got the power you need to do pretty much anything, period. And, and I don't think people understand it. But if there is something beyond that, it's not the Soviet Union. It's not Nazi Germany. A lot of you folks are tuned into a channel that's been dead for 50 fucking years. The option today, in my opinion, if you want to keep it simple, Mr. and Mrs. Trolley Problem, the option A and B today is basically this. Either collapse, which I think is a certainty, but I'm going to entertain the opposite, or something that I've referred to in the past as the infinite gray nothing, but what I'm going to call it is hyperstatism. Because we've had statism. We've had all kinds of statism. We've had prison camps. We've had genocide. We've had massive, massive fucking wars. We've had torture. We've had every feature of every dark dystopian novel for almost a hundred fucking years. And in the last 50 years, that shit's been almost everywhere. In the last 20 years, it's been everywhere. So we've had statism and totalitarianism. We've had all these fucking crazy ideas. We've had control of the media. We've had censorship. We have had the manipulation of the population for all your fucking life, especially if you're under the, under the age of 50, okay? And if you were born in the late 90s, you've only ever known the Banana Republic of the United States of America. That's all you've known. The option today is between collapse, which I talked about so much I don't need to explain what it is, and what I'm going to call hyperstatism. And hyperstatism sounds scary because it would be. I don't think it's even remotely possible because there's a number of things that would have to happen to make it work. And it's not just kill off a bunch of people. Listen, <laughs> killing off a bunch of people would have cascading effects. A lot of people believe the vaccine is designed to kill people off. The problem is, when it comes to biological systems, statistically speaking, mechanical failure is quite fuzzy. So if someone said, well, Dan, they got the mRNA computer vaccine, and they're going to reprogram your DNA, and everyone's going to die in about two or three years, fine. But even that's going to follow a bell curve. Oh, I'm sorry. And that means at least 33% in my opinion, should already be dying in mass, which means that if the numbers are correct with all these vaccinations, if it really is poisonous, and if it is designed to kill everybody in three years, then according to simple fucking logic, there should be millions of dead already on our way to the crescendo in about 18 fucking months. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I, I don't have good evidence on all the vaccine horror stories. And what I know about the COVID is what I also know about the vaccine. Human psychology is a big issue. 
If a person enters into that situation thinking the vaccine gave them an injury, I don't know how to put it. The vaccine gave them an injury. And if they're reading Twitter or reading Facebook and being fed nonsense, just like March of 2020, they'll believe the fucking nonsense. They will. I I said this before, I'll say it again. You give me a crowd of people in an auditorium. You give me an hour. You give me makeup and a fake name and a fake identity. And I'll have half of them vomiting in 30 minutes. And not because I'm some super great genius or something, but because I know enough about human psychology to know this. People are suggestible because people have desires and wants and needs and they have imagination. And they have fears and they have imagination. And they have love and guess what they also have? Imagination. And imagination, when taken to its nth degree, can create an alternative reality. A reality that's not even there. A reality that's 100% in a person's head. So I don't even know if the vaccine stuff is true. I kind of think it's another PSYOP. It's, it's really part of the whole program. Some of these are smaller operations, like the race war. I don't know how much more mileage the Andy no clue, Ian Miles wrong race war nonsense can get. Maybe a few more miles, but not much. The COVID seems to be retreading quite nicely. I mean, the Omicron retread, I, I'm sure there are still people out there who believe this shit. Why, for their for their everlasting souls, I have no idea why, but they do. They believe Omnicron and Decepticon. They'll believe whatever Luke Skywalker-sounding bullshit comes out of the CDC. And like I said, I've talked about collapse, so I'm going to talk about what hyperstatism is, okay? And I'm going to do it from the perspective of what it would need. For hyperstatism to work, you would need something called bioelectronic human programming. This is the ability to scan the brain, model the brain completely. There's this fellow, I forget his name, but he talks about connectomes and mapping all the networks of the brain and how every person's a connectome. And, and you know, if that's the case, if all you are is a connectome, then the idea behind bioelectronic human programming is to edit that, to change it, to redirect it, to erase parts of the brain biologically and then reprogram. Bioelectronic programming also means implants. It means interfaces. It means other systems, servers, networks connected to your brain. In order for hyperstatism to work, you would absolutely need bioelectronic human programming. Here's another thing you're going to need if you want it to work, and this is important. This is probably one of the most critical points, but people won't get it. You need a shitload of free energy. I mean energy that's super cheap. And I don't mean cheaper than uh, gasoline today for amount of work produced. You know, one gallon of gasoline is roughly equivalent to, I think, six or seven hundred hours of human labor. So you need something probably a thousand times better than that. And probably something that would be arbitrarily close to, in a historical context, something that would seem like free energy. In the very least, you would need to make the fusion dream work. And when I say the fusion dream, people have been promising fusion energy every five years since the early 1950s. 
okay? Every five years, every fucking five years, they've said, we're this close, we're this close. They've been this close for a long, long, long time. But assume they achieve some type of workable fusion energy, perhaps heavy fusion, perhaps based on the Bell Project that the Nazis had during World War II, the Glocka. Who the fuck knows? That red dye. Red mercury. Yeah, um, in order to have hyperstatism, you're going to need a shitload of energy. And you could argue, well, but damn, won't the system become super hyper? You know, it might become really efficient. But if it's as efficient as the current system and is mindless, it's also going to behave the same way, which means actually making it more efficient will just make it more efficient at stripping the earth of all of its resources. But anyways, let's leave, let's leave that topic aside for a second. Um, if you want to have hyperstatism because it won't be that efficient, it won't really work that well. In order for you to make it work, you're going to have to maintain a certain level of pressure. It's kind of like, I don't know, think of it like a leaky boat. And, and one way, and it's a leaky boat where the leaks are all below the waterline. Maybe you can keep pumping air into it. The idea behind free energy is you're just going to keep pumping air into the system. And if the system screws up, you've got plenty of air. So yeah, if you want hyperstatism, something's more powerful than any kind of government you've ever experienced, you're going to need better than oil. A lot better. Now some people say, well, can't you just kill off a bunch of people? I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. If that's the plan to kill a bunch of people, they could have done that in 2019. There are plenty of ways you could have taken out 80% of the population. Take every zip code on planet Earth, rank order, descending order by population, and then just figure out how many neutron bombs you need. It's not that, that complicated. And then you say, oh, there was a nuclear war, and it was limited, and we're all sorry. Holy fuck. It's like what Nancy Pelosi said. It'd be a new, fresh start. That's what she said for Haiti in 2010. A new, fresh start. And the people left alive, they'll all have jobs cleaning up the fucking dead bodies and shit. And those neutron bombs are low yield, so your cancer won't be that bad. But if you get cancer, broken windows much, more jobs. Yeah. And Bastiat rolls in his grave. Um, but if you want to do hyperstatism with six or seven billion people, you're going to need a lot of free energy. Another technology you're going to need is something called pre-crime. And let me be more specific. You're going to have to be able to predict what people do. And this is connected to bioelectronic human programming, and it's connected to free energy. Because to do this kind of stuff is going to be expensive. It's going to be a lot of computation. I don't think people remotely understand how complicated it would be to model six or seven billion people. And that's even if you can put them in some type of maze for rats, like, right? To create a, a, a temple grandin society. Even if you can put people into a temple grandin society, modeling the future behavior or of six or seven billion people, folks, that's probably a, big, a number so big that it probably never could be done. But if you want to do it, you're going to need a lot of energy. And if you want to do pre-crime, if you want to be able to predict people doing things like, oh, someone's going to have a bad thought. Someone's going to have a bad conversation. Someone's going to post a poster that says maybe the state sucks. Well, 
like I said, that's a technology you're going to need. You're going to need something called experimental cultural behaviorism, and it will naturally result. It'll be mean and torturous. It will be people of a certain segment of society essentially treating the rest of us like lab rats, although that's not much of a change from today. You're going to have people doing things to other people um, because they're in positions of power, and they will claim science. They'll say, oh, you know, we think, for example... We don't think you're male, we think you're female. So we're going to remove your junk and replace it with something else and give you some hormones and now you're female. Experimental and cultural behaviorism will be very intertwined with hyperstatism. You're going to have neo-slavery, which means that for all intents and purposes, you're not going to be able to start your own business. You're not going to own anything. What does Klaus Schwab say? You won't own anything and you'll be happy, happy, happy. I don't know about the happy part. But in hyperstatism, you're going to have neo-slavery. Everybody that isn't at the top is going to be a fucking slave. Yeah, there'll be middle levels of, of house slave types. They get six bears. They may get six beers a week. They may even get one pack of cigarettes a month. They may be allowed to get drunk with whiskey and have sex with a hooker once a year. Who knows? But you're going to have a lot of slavery. And that's all that you can call it is slavery. Educational systems as we understand them will be replaced with some type of input-output operation. There'll be no more teachers in front of a group of people saying, hey kids, this is what you're going to believe. I don't know what form it will take. In THX 1138, people take IVs. And, you, know, you have a calculus IV, a chemistry IV. You stick the IV in. It reprograms your brain. And now you know calculus. Great. But you won't have traditional classrooms in hyperstatism. Um, you're going to have what I would call not just direct bioelectronic human programming, but direct learning. You're going to need quantum computing. Because the computational issues involved in, in modeling and controlling in some fucking, I don't know, that stupid zeitgeist movie bullshit. Yeah, if you're going to want to treat the whole world like a big SAP program, you're going to need quantum computing. You're going to need a lot of computing power to control and model people, to really control them in hyperstatism. That's where we're going from here. We're not going anywhere else but there if you think we're going up. You're going to need quantum computing. I don't know that that technology is here yet, really. I think there's a lot of hype, like with robotics, but I don't know if it's reality. In order to make hyperstatism works, you're going to need superconductors. Now, of course, we already have superconductors at certain temperatures, but they are generally rare earths, and they're expensive, and they're unstable, and they're not really useful except for a few you know, scientific and engineering practices at scale. Like, you know, I would say, I think, I, I think when it comes to certain types of magnets used for maglev trains or the, the systems used at CERN for the Large Hadron Collider, but what you're going to need is a superconducting material that is as malleable and useful and versatile as copper, um, but cheaper than copper and capable of operating within the same temperature ranges. I don't think anybody has this yet. That technology alone would radically change the world. If you had a cheap synthetic um, temperature tolerant within the range of copper superconductor, you could, well, number one, it would revolutionize computing 
and solar power generation. So all the current ways in which we generate solar power would change overnight, and you could see efficiencies that would blow your mind. But beyond that, you could place solar power stations on the equator, around the world on the equator, and you could probably provide more electricity than we would ever need. And it would be, for all intents and purposes, a continuous source, you know. Um, but superconduction's hard. It's as hard as fusion. It's a material science problem, and there's a lot of hurdles. People can do it for a lot of money. If you have a lot of money, you can do superconduction. And if you're able to pay for things like liquid nitrogen cooling and whatnot. But um, if you want to just use superconduction at home, no, and there'd be no point. But if someone could do this, if they could develop a synthetic material that operated within the same tolerance ranges as copper, that would be one of the most significant technological achievements of the last hundred years. And that may sound like an exaggeration, but it would change computing, it would change power generation, it would change communications, and it would probably change aerospace. Because there are any number of conceptual electric Venturi engines that people have thought about building. And a Venturi engine is not rocket science miracle bullshit. Um, if you have an electrostatic air cleaner slash um, um, air pump at home, a lot of these things use basically Venturi engines. They use magnetic forces to basically direct the flow of air. And it's again, it's not magic. It's just basic science. But with superconduction, you could imagine an engine for an aircraft that acted like an abducted fan. It pulled air in one side, squeezed it out the other, all of it 100% electric. Again, with superconduction that is cheap, there's a lot of really amazing things you could do if, if you can get cheap superconduction. But you're going to need it for hyperstatism. I mean, frankly, I kind of wish we had it for just life. But if you want to have a super hyper status government that will last a thousand years, if you want to have a system that will monitor your every move and take away your every freedom and control what you put in your body and monitor what comes out, if you want to have that world, you're going to need cheap superconduction. It's related to all the other technologies. You're going to need nanotech, and I'll tell you why. You'll need nanotech because a lot of the interfaces you're going to want to have to control people will require very sophisticated bioelectric interfaces, interfaces between a computer and biological material. And yeah, you know, they've gone a long ways with some basic stuff, but if you really, really, really want to have an invasive system that can connect directly into the brain, you're going to need nanotech, you know, some form of it. And this list I just provided of things that you're going to need um, in order to make this work is not exhaustive. Um, but it is a pretty good short list. If you believe that we're about to head to a kind of statism that is more totalistic than what we have today, this is the stuff they would need. Even if they killed billions of people, they would still need this, period. Otherwise, you can't make it work. And probably the most important item is free energy. You know, maybe the superconduction thing would help them because, again, if you can have that revolution in superconduction, you can do more with solar than people realize. There's a lot more you can do with it. But, yeah, you're going to need a lot of cheap energy 
no matter how many people are left, if you want to control them beyond the level that they already have control. Everywhere I went in Seattle in 2019, every single place I went to include the bus, people stared at their smart devices, <laughs> ironically named, stared at their phones, stared at their tablets. They stared at these devices in ways that I'm not even sure any Christian in the history of Christianity ever looked at their fucking Bible. Ever. That, that stare, that connection, I think it's not a good one, but it's a powerful one. They had captured the minds of enough people. They didn't need to capture everybody because a lot of us prior to 2020, from their perspective, were disposable were garbage. The ones they wanted to capture were the ones that they thought weren't garbage. But they certainly didn't want the non-garbage people to do anything practical or useful. So, you know, stare at the subsidized electronic device. They had captured us. They had everything they wanted. They had all the spy satellites, they had all the torture centers, they had all the crooked lawyers. They had everything they needed in the United States of America. Because that's what I'm going to talk about. I can't talk about the rest of the world. But in this country, in 2020, they had everything they needed to control your fucking life. So what do you think is beyond that? Right now, they can't get inside my head. That is a wall. They can't do that. Now, I know there are people, freaks out there, say, well, Dan, the, the, you know, there's that, oh, my God, that super carbon, that, that, you know, whatever. Yeah. People believe that right now they can read minds and they can control minds. And, you know, folks, they can probably do some rinky-dink shit. Like, they can, they, I know they've done things like, pump noises, and radio signals into people's homes. They can do that. They've been able to do that for decades. But actually knowing the cognition, metacognition, memory states of the deep mind, they can't really do that yet. Even if they can get you into a fucking hospital center and stick you into a PET scan, currently they're still just poking around in the dark. They're not there yet. But if they want to do it, if they want to have it as a technology, it can't be show up to the hospital for brain scan tomorrow. It has to be something that's there all the time. There cannot be any private space or private time. In hyperstatism, they have to be able to read your fucking thoughts. Because if they connect the world so well with all the nanotechnology and all the computers, quantum computing, all the fucking free energy. If they fully connect the world, well, those pipelines go both ways, fucker. And you can hack the network both ways. So they don't want you thinking about anything that you're not supposed to think about at all. In a fully connected world, you have to be more under the microscope. You have to be monitored further. You have to be completely programmed in that world. God forbid you had a spontaneous eruption of AMOC on a fully connected hyperstatus network. Who the fuck knows how many nuclear missiles get launched? So, so knowing all this as I described hyperstatism and knowing that that's what I believe is coming, if you want to call this a straw man, I don't give a fuck. I am telling you that from here, I do not see graceful degradation, which is what a lot of, you know, 
what I would call the pleasant collapse crowd. It's going to be a collapse, Dan, but it's going to be a pleasant collapse. There's nothing in nature that, that, that is that fucking pleasant, except for your dime store novel, you fuck. There are a lot of people who believe that collapse will, will be graceful degradation. And there are a lot of people who believe that hyperstatism will be incrementalism. They are, they are the boiled frog, the boiled frog. Did you know the boiled frog, like Hanlon's razor, like the devil's theory of baseball fields, is probably total fucking bullshit? That frogs prob probably are not that fucking stupid? You might be that stupid, okay? Yesterday we talked about how people are dumber than dogs. Not all people. Not all people. I tell you this, if I tried to suffocate one of the dogs in this house, it would bite my fucking arm off. But you motherfuckers in Seattle in the summer of 2020, jogging down the street, you are suffocating yourself. No bite. So in that case, dogs are smarter than you. If you believe that we're... that. That there's not going to be a collapse, Dan. I mine Bitcoin. I mine the Bitcoin. By the way, to the list of things you need for hyperstatism, I would have added the blockchain, but they, they can skip that. The blockchain that keeps track of every fucking transaction you ever did. <laughs> oh, but it's just your public key. Just your, yeah. If you don't understand data mining or how to associate IP addresses, then that public key bullshit sounds really cool, but it's really not that great. In fact, because it's a unique public key, and it has to be a unique public key, it becomes a very powerful identifier for, for creating a digital paper trail. So sorry. So sorry to all the crypto fucks out there. If you're in crypto, you need to get the fuck out and do something real. You don't have to buy gold or silver, but if you got the money, get a piece of property and learn how to grow some fucking food. And don't do it 20 miles outside the city limits. No. You want to move someplace where a person would likely die if they tried to march there without the right amount of water or food. You want to be someplace where you're geographically isolated. But, dude, if you want to trade crypto, keep doing it. I don't give a fuck. This is your fucking ice cream cone, buddy. I know there are people who want to say, well, damn, can't we have a spontaneous uprising of human freedom? Okay. I would love that, but I feel like most of the American population, and I can only talk about America, I don't believe any of the news bullshit I see about Australia or Europe. I think a lot of those protest videos look old. But talking about the United States, because that's what I can talk about, um, most of the people I know are kind of brain damaged from public education, from university schooling. They're kind of brain damaged from the shit that they think they know. So I don't see them spontaneously erupting towards freedom. In fact, one of the reasons why I tell people to leave the cities is because the default setting for most of these dumb, unethical, despiritualized motherfuckers, the default setting is going to be mean and vicious and violent and dangerous. Your neighbors, quote unquote, in the city are not ethically equipped to be free right now. I would love it if it were true. I just don't believe it's true. And I would love to be proved wrong because this is one of those things where being proved wrong means the world would be a better place. But no, most of these people, their default setting is brutality. Might makes right. You don't want to live next to these stupid fucks. They will be mean and cruel. Listen, 
they are already mean and cruel. I can tell you from personal fucking experience. Imagine how shitty they're going to be when they haven't eaten in three weeks. Imagine how shitty their kids are going to be. Because guess what? Those apples don't fall far, do they? So people who tell me, Dan, won't there be some freedom thingy? Won't there be a... Won't people rise up? Won't they, Dan? It's like, no... I think that's a that's a lot of wishful fucking thinking right there. I think a lot of people, especially the political class that orients itself around the major cities, they are brain damaged. They are confused. And they don't have enough time to change. Most of them. No way. I knew people like me 10 years ago who had an inkling of what was coming and 10 years was barely enough time to get ready for most people, especially if they wanted to keep their relationships intact. If they just wanted to head out into the woods, not an issue. But if they wanted to pretend that they could straddle both worlds, the 10 years wasn't that easy and probably impossible. You can't do it. You're going to get split in part. You're going to get split apart. You can't straddle both worlds. Now, I call what we're in right now sudden death overtime. And we've been in it for about a year. And what do I mean by sudden death overtime? Well, I'm not a sports expert, but I know there's a kind of overtime in games where the two teams are tied and the first one to score a point to get ahead wins, right? There are, there are versions of that where you win just by getting ahead or you the overtime lasts a typical quarter, but you know whoever has the highest, highest points, right? They win. You're, you're past the limit of the game. If you ask me, this game was supposed to play out by the end of 2020. I think that was the world that the orchestrators were living in. They didn't control the schedule. Like I said, if they did, you guys would have gone to sleep in 2019 and never woken up. So please, they don't control the schedule. They don't. But now I think we're in sudden death. Any day now, best case scenario, if it's collapse, the cascading effects could, could, could impact you, could impact the world you live in any day now. And there are a lot of folks who are already feeling it in terms of the fires and the floods and the events that our system is getting less and less capable of dealing with. But that will only get worse. And it doesn't even matter what nature does at this point what they have done with these psyops, what they have done to human society is so destructive that I have a hard time believing, I have a hard time believing that they did this thinking there'd be any future at all. I've said this to my friend Jim and I'll say it again. The reason why I, one of the reasons why I don't believe it's hyperstatism is because they chose the wrong fucking psyop. The PSYOP you would use to bring on the Great Pyramid of the Future is pyramids on Mars. And you'd talk alien bullshit. And, and you'd have the technology already. And believe me, these clever little monkeys are no different than trout in the stream. Give them something shiny to look at, they'll fucking bite. They'll bite. So if they'd had all the technology and if they and if they were ready for it, right? Ready for the the Klaus Schwab future with all the tech, they wouldn't have done monkey herpes and race war and the never-ending trauma drama of Trump or the fucking reignition of 
the 1960s missile gap bullshit, or all this fear-mongering about Russia and China. They wouldn't have done any of that shit. If they'd had all that technology and they wanted to have a future that they were going to build for you to control you, it wouldn't have been this kind of psyop, unless the people at Langley are that fucking stupid. The PSYOP they chose, trauma-based mind control type PSYOP, was designed to keep people mostly, statistically, immobilized. Especially people with military training. Especially people who actually could do things. Like I said, throughout the entire plague of 2020, the construction in my neighborhood never fucking stopped. Everybody used the same porta potty And yeah, they played the mass kabuki, but I got that on video too. I didn't see any indication that any of their worlds was ending. I had truckers telling me, Dan, there's trucking jobs. We're trucking all over the country. I hate to break it to you, Fox, but in a real pandemic, trucking would shut down. So would construction. They made deliberate choices to make certain people happy. They made deliberate choices to make other people completely paralyzed. That's not Klaus Schwab's Great Reset. That looks like something different. It looks like a scenario where either they're too stupid to realize they'll face consequences or they do not earthly believe they will. They could be wrong about that, but they don't believe they are. Which means some catastrophe, (laughs) some catastrophe is coming that is so bad, so terrible, that they would mindfuck billions of people for two or three years. Just to make sure you're not causing problems. Now that could be collapse, and I'm 50-50 between collapse and greater catastrophe. Even with greater catastrophe, collapse is baked into the cake, as I've said in the past. But some of you fuckers believe in hyperstatism, baby. And I don't know what to say about that. This has been the Planetary Status Report, and we're no longer on shortwave because we don't have the money to do it. Um, to do WRMI, it cost us a buck a minute. Uh, to do two shows a weekend, that's 120 bucks. I guess I could do one show a month, but I don't even have the 60 bucks a month to do that. So... We're not on shortwave, but we're still on Anchor. Um, I'm not going to be sending out Spotify links anytime soon again. You can always get there from Anchor. Everything that gets propagated, everything I put up to Anchor gets propagated to Spotify. So if you have a Spotify account and you can read my account, you'll still see the new stuff. But in terms of the emails I send out to selected listeners who who want to receive the email... In terms of the email I send out, I'm just going to have the anchor link, the link to the MP3 file, which is on my website, which is the same audio, and the notes, and that's it. Um, I've just had some weird stuff happen with those Spotify links in recent days. I don't want to go too much into it right now, but it's been a little bit spooky. Um, some of the weird tech stuff that's happened to me. I run Linux when I can run the computer I want to run. While I was working on this project a few weeks ago, uh, I was running mainly Windows. But usually, I don't have much to worry about with Linux. The problem is, once you get outside of the network, once you get outside of that, um, 
What happens to your packets? I know there are a lot of people who believe that the web is still free. I don't think it ever was. I think it was allowed to be more free for a while, but they can pretty much monitor every single thing that goes across the internet. That's not super technology. That's technology they've had, they've had for a while. They can do that. And if they're targeting people, they can definitely do it. And they're probably targeting millions of Americans. Right now, as I speak, there are probably millions of Americans out there who podcast, who speak out in their community, who send out emails, people like my friend Jim and other people I know. And maybe they have YouTube channels and Twitter accounts, and maybe they can't tell. But there are a lot of people out there who are shadow banned and controlled. And it is currently the society we, leave, we live in. It is the pinnacle, in my opinion. I, I know I spent a little bit of time talking about hyperstatism, but the good news is I don't think we're ever going to get there. I don't think any of it can happen. I think it's another one of these tools they're using to confuse people. You know, what's coming, who knows, but it's not hyperstatism, and it's not more of the same, and it's not graceful degradation or incrementalism. <laughs> That's not how nature works, brothers and sisters. It's not that either. There was nothing incremental about the couple of em emperors they had in Rome in the second century, and I think the more than 30 they had in the third century. That, that wasn't incremental. And, and by the way, things moved slower back then. So if you're, if you're hoping for incremental, you're hoping for a fantasy. But please... Listen to the fucking Wikipedia. They'll tell you there were never emperors, and they'll tell you there was never a Spanish flu. They'll tell you Bill Gates invented a cure for cancer, and they'll tell you he poops gold. So go to Wikipedia, you fuck. As I speak, there are millions of Americans, and probably millions of people worldwide, that are controlled and manipulated. So if you think I'm talking about me as being a special person, it's, there's nothing special about it in this crooked Soviet system. Nothing. And believe me, these people have way better tools than the East Germans. So they can listen to it all if they want to, but they can definitely listen to it. They can hear it. They can read it. And they can control it. Currently, um, I don't have a job. I'm between jobs. Project I was working on ended and I don't know how I feel about that, plus or minus. I am looking for any kind of work in the Vernal, Roosevelt, Utah area. If you know anybody out there that needs help with web stuff or database stuff and is willing to pay me cash for work, which is how I'd like to do my business, I do the work, you pay me, that seems pretty fucking fair. Um, if they're willing to do that, then yeah, they, they should look into me. I'm willing to do that and, and whatever. I'm also looking for other kinds of work, more manual labor. I, you know, <sighs> Jesus, who I do believe in, though I do a poor job of demonstrating that, Jesus would want us to keep our faith in ourselves and remind us that we cannot know the time. I talked to Jim yesterday on the podcast about some very heavy stuff, and Jim believes, and I respect him for this, that it looks like we're in the end times. I don't really know for sure. I think a lot of it seems to match up, and I will tell you, 
that one of the things that directed me towards Christianity about a decade ago was the suspicion that the system, the secular system, the system I was supposed to trust, was filled with liars and was lying to me. That was one of the first steps I took towards Jesus, was the recognition that the system that was material and real and made of people was also filled with lies. And, and I wanted to find the truth. And, and it just didn't seem that easy at first. And guess what? It still isn't that easy. But even with everything we're dealing with today, Jesus would still say, let's not give up hope. Let's not stop trying. So a few weeks ago, I said, I'm going to take 60 bucks and buy some space on Bluehost. And I'm going to keep podcasting, even if it means that I get banned, shadow banned, hoodwinked, ripped off. I mean, GoDaddy basically did the equivalent of an internet rape um, from my perspective. So yeah, and, and believe me, if you can go to their chat app on their help site, because it's really not that well secured, anybody can log on to it. And you want to LARP a bit, you know, in honor of, of your good friend, Uncle Dan, I'd appreciate it. Just go on there and say, I need to learn about a website. I got a problem with my website. Get whatever random fucking goober tech support person you can get and waste their fucking time. I'm going to do it periodically. I, I mean, it's it's a cheap thrill. But they ripped me off, so it's a cheap thrill I have no issue with using. And it's a cheap thrill I have no issue with because they should have better fucking security for their fucking employees. Do you imagine how easy it would be to stalk somebody that did tech support for GoDaddy? Really, it wouldn't be that fucking hard. They show enough name information, you know who you're talking to, right? And it doesn't really do any type of security check to start working. They basically took their tech support and their sales app and put it in the same chat app. Amon Bhutani, if you're listening, that is backwards ass stupid. You're actually setting up your own employees for exactly what happened. They fucked with the wrong Irishman. They stole my property and my fucking time. But there are people out there who don't stop at that. And because of your shitty company, you're setting up your employees for a problem. So yeah, fuck you, GoDaddy, right? Oh, man, the stages of grieving. You know, I was so close a few weeks ago to taking my phone and splitting it in two. And at that very moment, it would have been possible for me to disconnect completely. Yeah, I don't know if I'd do sneaker net with a podcast or whatever, but I was so close, and I am so very close. I still have people I want to talk to on the other end of that phone, so it is still intact. So I'll keep podcasting, but I'll say this. If you have taken care of your food, your water, and your shelter, I would say for at least 12 months. And that should be a rolling 12 months, which means that if you can at this point, give yourself that buffer. Um... If you've taken care of the people you love and the people you care about. If you've purchased enough items in your life to bring yourself some fucking joy. Because life isn't supposed to be pain all the fucking time. If you've done those things and you still have a few bucks, a few coin, even a bitcoin if I can turn it into something else really fucking fast. But in all seriousness, if you do have any currencies left after the the life and strife of of the world today um 
you can donate to this podcast. There is a link to PayPal. It is the only thing that currently works for me. If you send me money in the mail, the, the mail never shows up. Okay? I, I've already been burned a few times on this one. Either there are lots of people out there that love to fuck with me, or what's just as likely is, as with a lot of other Americans at this point, mails being opened up are just completely taken. And, and frankly, the whole system's in collapse. So who, to know, who knows what crooked reasons there are? The bottom line is the mail's not reliable. The only thing right now that pretty much works is PayPal. And I don't even know how much longer that'll work. So if you have a few bucks, you can donate. You don't have to donate much or you can donate as much as you want to. You don't even have to donate at all. And if you don't have any money right now, don't even think about it. If you're just getting by taking care of your family, please don't think about it. What you can do is forward some of my links to some of your friends you think would listen, but that's up to you. And I don't want to put you on anybody's radar. It is January the 8th. I know yesterday I said it was. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mind fuck you. But today is January the 8th. Almost, yeah, it's like 9 o'clock, baby. 9.09 a.m. Here in Utah, the chickens are already awake. The people are heading to the fields to harvest the grumbly. The young people are sleeping it off. The cows... The cows are marching up the hillside. They're going to go grazing in the icy snow. So get up and enjoy your Saturday. Go to a farmer's market and buy some of that brizzly bread. Get yourself some jumbo jam. Get yourself a wooden spoon. Take some of that jam and shove it up your butthole. Take the bread. Use it as TP. Take the jumbo grease. Put it in a brown bag. Leave it at the doorstep of many Mayor Jenny Durkin Jerkin Durkin in Seattle. Give her a nice poop party jelly jam surprise. Mary Boblimtok.